You're listening to the Heat Ratio Podcast, brought to you by the Heat Ratio Sports Network. This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready for the heat. everybody heat ratio episode 132 tons to talk about tons to talk about i love that new intro by my man nick paz at nick paz get at him he will hook you up with a phenomenal track uh doing a lot of doing a lot of good things for us here heat ratio sports got a lot of stuff to talk about we got the eagle slow start right we got the steelers we got steelers maybe the number one team in football to talk about and that should be an interesting conversation we got justin jefferson dk metcalf we got a little baseball talk a little unexpected retiring from the phillies pitching staff uh you know maybe a little zach efflin maybe could be a little johnny morton i mean charlie morton we could see uh and then we got a little eagles trivia everybody likes the eagles trivia and i am telling Telling you right now, I have a lockdown stone cold lock. Nobody is getting the Eagles tributes today. I'm telling you that right now, nobody's getting it. Uh, but we have to start right off the bat. Oh, and by the way, we are going to talk a little music tonight too because my man Eminem turned 48 October 12th. Is showing number one how old I am right now and how old all of us are. I'm gonna loop you two guys into the same thing. But Eminem, man, I feel like I was just watching 8 Mile the other day when it first came out. So we're going to talk a little Eminem as well. But we have to get right to the mix here. You've seen the label. You know, can we see more? Could we see more Jalen Hurts? Could we use more Jalen Hurts? Got a tweet going on. If you're listening right now at Heat Ratio Sports, go give us a vote. Let me know what you feel. Do you want more Jalen Hurts? Do you want less Jalen Hurts? Or do you want to see no Jalen Hurts? I will start this conversation off telling you right now, I want more Jalen Hurts. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you my explanation. I am not saying that Bench Carson wants. I am not that advocate. I am not saying that Jalen Hurts needs to do, you know, he needs to play, play quarterback for the entire game. What I'm saying is I want eight to 10 snaps from Jalen Hurts. And I'll tell you why. Because right now, right now, we our, our, our girl Jenna checks and says, we want to see Nate Sudfeld. Hell no, we don't want to see no Dan Nate Sudfeld. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I want I want to talk about we 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 talk about sport ball. Uh, I listen, I want to talk about right now that I want to get a defense on their toes. I want to get, you know, we look at one play I watched from the Arizona at Dallas game the other night, and I watched Kyler Murray. Run a fake boot, a you know, fake snap to the one side. RPO runs around, run, runs a fake hops to the other side. He's untouched, gets in the end zone. That's what Jalen Hurts gives you. I'm not saying I have a problem with Carson Wentz. What I'm saying is, right now we have a bad O line. We barely have any receivers. We barely have anybody. Okay, let's at least add a little more to this vanilla style offense that we see in Philadelphia. And I'm sorry if Carson Wentz can't take it, then we got a problem because that means he is a 100% mental midget, and I really don't think that's who he is. So, Dave, I'm going to start with you. Should we see more Jalen Hurts? I mean, more than what? More than what you've seen so far? I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think that he's the answer 
by any stretch. Um, but I do agree with opening up the playbook. So I, I, I will say if that means give us more Jalen Hurts, then fine. But, you know, all right. So, Tony, I, I'll, I'll put um, my coach's hat on and I'll say that um, the kid in uh, the, uh, New Orleans, um, uh, what's his name? That Taysom up. Hill. Thank you. Taysom Hill. You know, he gets inserted in their offense, and but they're already a solidified offense. So when he comes in, not everybody is learning something new. They're, they're already established. You know, we're talking about the Eagles offense right now inserting a wrinkle when the whole program's a, a wrinkle. The whole offense is a wrinkle. You know, we just don't – I don't know – if that's exactly what the team needs. But I do understand what you're saying, and I can't argue that it is a lot of vanilla, but there's a reason for that because you had nine new players on the field, uh, you know, within the last three weeks. So there's a reason why things are dummy down, uh, vanilla, if you will. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts actually can help us when everybody's still trying to learn the program. So. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good argument or not. Yeah, I mean, listen, we got, you know, uh, we're going to get into this. Mike Texan, did you notice Carson dropped all his dimes to the right side? Uh, you know, Nick, Nick says, I want Nick back. Uh, we talk about Nikki Foles. Uh, Jenna matches Kyler Murray. Spectacular talent. Uh, ruined today. My man Joe checking in. What's up, Joe? Sure, gives the D another look. And he's only thrown one or two passes out of those calls. Gives options. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly what Joe just mentioned is, is, is all I want. I don't want Carson Wentz replaced. I am not saying that. Okay, all I'm saying is I need a different element. We need something different. That's all I can say. John, what do you think? I agree with you 100%. The offense is stale. The playmakers aren't there. All right. Wentz is struggling to get his game back. He hasn't had it since he really got had all the injuries. I mean, let's face it. The potential's there. He's been hurt. He has not come back to what he was. And I'll tell you, what are you, half a half game back a first, first place? Like, I mean, this is not – the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFC East, even if that means going 7-9 and nine and winning the darn division. They're probably the best team in the East. And I'll tell you what, you know, Dave, you mentioned, you said wrinkle. I call it spark. All right. So they need a spark in this offense. I, I agree 100%. Wentz is the quarterback. But think about how Lamar Jackson was first inserted into the Baltimore lineup when he was drafted. He would come in, couple plays here and there. Maybe he would just get get the ball, go for a run, pitch it back to the running back. You know what I mean? It, it anything like that, then you do that four times. Now all of a sudden you sneak in that 30-yard pass, which Hurts is capable of. I don't want him sitting back there in the pocket by any means. But, you know, Dave said wrinkle. I say spark, and I say yes. Eight to ten plays, you could get him in there. Look, if the offensive – pick a few plays out. If the offensive line needs to know that they got a block to the left because this is what it is, then so be it. Like, figure it out, your NFL offensive lineman. And they, I'm not saying they don't have a lot to worry about. I mean, they do a hell of a job, especially when you're good. But that's part of the job, man, figure it out. I'm not saying switch the whole playbook around and put Hurts in to run a different offense. No. 
No, I completely agree. Uh, you know, our buddy Al seconded with that, and this is a good point too. Without Sanders, we need all the help we can get. Six to ten plays a game won't hurt. It will just give the offense some extra juice. Exactly what I'm saying. And I, I, I really think we really need to look into this. I, I hope Doug's got his coach's hat on. And you know, I, I don't want to see the pictures of him kissing his wife. What I want to see is him cramming down the playbook. Okay, figuring out ways for us to win more games. Jenna, Jenna, second said eagles aren't winning seven games she may be right i mean listen they may go six and eleven or six and ten i mean this is that could actually win the nfc east listen the Dallas. if anybody watched that gal dallas cowboys game i mean what the hell is going on in dallas i mean i'm just saying for for, for lack of a better term we are in much better shape than the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Much better shape than the Dallas Cowboys. Right now, Big D is Little D, and I don't know what's going on out there, but whatever D they got going on is not the D they expected. Uh, you know what I mean? I I, I completely understand what's going on. Uh, Joe checking in again. I agree. No tight end, no running back. Exactly. Perfect time to implement Hurts even more. That brings us right back to Jenna asking, I just want the old Zach Ertz back. Now, remember, boys, I, I told you about Zach Ertz. You know, I said this again. I'll say it. I'll say it louder for people to hear it in the back. Zach Ertz is not an elite player. Wasn't an elite player. You should have got rid of him. You should have traded him. You should have got everything you could have for him. Because guess what? Right now, you're stuck. You're stuck with Zach. And right now, say what you want, okay, but Zach gave up because it's a money issue. I don't want to get into that. We've already talked about that, okay? But if the Eagles are going to do anything, and this is the perfect timing for that, right? This is the perfect timing for them to win this division, okay? it They have to insert Jalen Hurts into this lineup. You, you Listen, look at what Miami's doing right now. Okay, and Miami's going a whole new different direction. They're saying, yo, we're starting to it right now, and God bless, man. I'm telling you right now, I cannot wait to see that. God bless Ryan Fitzpatrick, too. This man just comes in, and he knows his role, doesn't say a word, steps right over and says, go ahead, kid, go ahead, do your thing. Hall of Famer. Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're crazy. But Hall, Dave, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a Hall of Famer. Uh, you think so? <laughs> it's a fun argument. He's yeah, the only he, quarterback he, ever what, to throw eight touchdowns for eight different teams. He, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, he's a Hall of Famer for his 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 clothes. I'll tell you that. For, for are, are we getting into this Tua thing now? Because I mean, it's Tua. Well, hold on, hold on for the Tua thing. I'm, just, I'm get, just saying, like I'm, I'm getting itchy here. I know. Yo, hold on, hold on. I just, <laughs> I, 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 we are right. We are. I just. I. I want to. I want to go five more minutes because I. I really. Oh, I'm not trying to like, rush the subject by no, any no, means. No, 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 no. I know. I know. We were going to talk about it. And you oh, we're definitely going to talk I'm, about it. You know, definitely going to fire it up a little bit. I'm, wait, I'm getting fired already. Je Jenna says I'm getting fired. Say Jenna says Tony gets fired about Zach Ertz. So she wants to fire my ass about Zach Ertz. I know she loves her some Zach Ertz. Richard uh, Rogers. Says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our roster won't stay hurt for the rest of the season. They will be back. It's a good point, right? People will be back, right? As long as Damone Brown's not back. Dave, help me out here, Dave. What the hell did we watch on that offensive line? You're a trench uh, guy. What uh, the hell happened there, man? Well, um, I'm not going to – I'll talk about my lotta. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Did you see the clip of the kid fixing his glove? Why? Why? Yes. Is the Mo Brown. What is that? That's that's when when he comes back to the huddle. 
Carson Wentz kicks him in the stomach. That's when you. That's when that happens. Or in the film room, you look at him and you're like, "Are you serious? Like, like beat it, man. Get out of get out of the film room. You're not welcome back here again." You know, um, Carson is running for his life. Carson put balls in people's hands that game that I'm like, there he. There's no way people should be concerned about Carson Wentz other than we know that he struggled a bit. But look at what he's dealing with. Look look at what – I mean, there's no quarterback in the league. Now, Tony, I heard you talk about some things um, earlier this week on on uh, Facebook Live or whatever uh, – what was it that you were doing? You were complaining about Carson being a, being a quarterback that makes other people better. Yes. So I, I can I'll strongly disagree with that sentiment just because all right you compared him to players or like Tom Brady. Tom Brady makes other players better, right? Yes. Tom Brady is elite. I'm, no one can say Carson Wentz is elite, but Carson Wentz is a damn good NFL starting quarterback. Does he make players around him better? Maybe not to the level of Tom Brady, obviously not in my opinion, but you can't say that the kid isn't giving it his all. He's athletically uh, able to do it. He's extremely talented, and he's doing things that I don't know if other order quarterbacks other than maybe Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Russell Wilson could be doing with this offense right now. There's no one there. There is not one – People are telling me that Fulgham is like a stud. Are, are you are you guys serious? People are serious that they're comparing Fulgham to, to any NFL receiver at this point? They shouldn't be. He's not good enough. He's good on this team because he catches a ball. It's it's he's not dealing with Jordan Maialata never played football before. He's the best tackle, he's the best lineman on our team. Other than Kelsey, other than Kelsey, so he's beating out three other players, right? Right. So that's what's that tell you? He's put a helmet on ten times in his life, and he's our second best offensive lineman. This team is in disarray, and the media and our fans should be crushing Jeffrey Lurie, crushing him. <sighs> Here's a problem. You you. And before I get to John, I I I gotta I gotta rephrase this a little bit because I think that you 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 took what I was saying a little different. I completely agree with you about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is elite, but my main argument was that some quarterbacks, elite or not elite, are able to make players better, whereas other quarterbacks need players to make them better. And my point was basically the old argument: Carson Wentz versus Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb was able to make other receivers better. He didn't need receivers to make him better. He was able to make other receivers better. Carson Wentz may, may, because we don't know yet, but he may need receivers to make him look better. All right, time out. My point. Time out. I agree with you to an extent there. If, if you go back to Donovan McNabb's career, and this is yes. something that Carson can never say, Donovan's offensive line was intact for 90% of his career. And I'll talk to you about the two tackles, Trey Thomas and John Runyon. No matter who he was throwing to, now I, we all know that Donovan didn't throw to anybody either. But that offensive line 
kept Donovan clean, and that there's something to be said about that, and kept him healthy and able to run around um, to a certain extent. Carson Wentz's offensive line for the last three years has not been healthy. People have been in and out of that for, for the most part, and that's a big deal. You ask any quarterback when they line up under scrimmage and they're behind their offensive line and they see a steady guy showing up every day consistently, they're comfortable. This kid can't be comfortable. There's no way any quarterback in the NFL will be comfortable when you have a rugby player playing left tackle. Now, I love Jordan Mailata. Their mainstay, Lane Johnson, hasn't been healthy. Kelsey is the guy. That's it. There's no way, no way any quarterback in the NFL would be like, I'm good with this. I'm comfortable. I think you're giving him too much credit. I do. I, I think that they're I think I think he had enough time last year. Okay. I don't think the line was very bad at all last year. And 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 you're right. Listen, he definitely doesn't have Trey Thomas and John Runyon. He doesn't listen, he doesn't have Evan Mathis. He doesn't have uh, Sean Andrews. All right. We we could go down listen, he also played with Honey Buns in the center and Hank Fraley, who was a, a very, very average at best center. And Carson has a much better center to deal with, right? Carson also had Lane Johnson, who was tremendous. Carson's also had Jason Peters, who up to this year was still playing at a high level. Okay, he still listen. There were so many pieces. Brandon Brooks. I mean, it's really hard to tell me that Carson Wentz is not going to have a good offensive line. Okay, Carson Wentz's problem again is he's still not reading the defense properly. Right, he's still not reading the defense properly. So, so Dave, when you don't read a defensive properly, what do, what do you have to do? You have to be able to have players that make you look good, right? That are either going to come back to the ball. Listen, uh, we're going to get to the Steelers later, but John, Ben's had it for years. Look at what ben, look at what Ben Roethlisberger has to throw to right now, right? This is what Ben Roethlisberger has to throw to right now. Okay, Ben can just throw a friggin' ball up, and it doesn't matter. And these guys are going up and getting it, making Ben look really good. Okay, I'm just saying, Carson's had his time. I can't protect Carson anymore. And right now, in my opinion, okay, he needs players to make him look good. He needs and We're going to get the trades, right? He needs a Julio Jones. That's what he needs. He needs somebody to make him look good. John, what is your opinion on this? Help me out. What do you think? Uh, you guys went through so much. I, uh, <laughs> first of all, Wentz, he, he is not seeing the field properly or reading defenses properly for whatever it is. Maybe it's the pressure. Granted, the offensive line is not in good shape. But think about what the offensive line potentially was before before all the injuries. I mean, you practically have, you know, you have a, your first round pick. You bring Peters back, with, you know, whether you would have brought him back if, without the Dillard injury or whatever. You have uh, Brooks, Kelsey, and um, Lane Johnson. I mean, come on. Like, I, I mean, that is a solid offensive line. You give me, and that's a, that was a strength. So you give me any team that gets decimated at the offensive line like that and tell me how they're going to fare. I mean, a bottom line. I'm, I'm sorry. That's what it is. But even so, when even I feel like Wentz is still hanging on to the ball too much. You know, he's on pace for six, getting sacked sixty six times this year. Sixty six. If I told you at the beginning of the year, you think his body's going to hold up for sixty six sacks? Hell no. You know, no one. I mean, no, 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 
Yeah, no quarterback should be able to hold up to that. But, that, I mean, that's what it is. So what do you do to correct that? You know the offensive line isn't good. I mean, we mentioned snaps for Jalen Hurts. Get the ball out of his hands. Get it out of his hands quickly. All right, whatever it is, the play calling, get it out of his hands. Quick slants, screens, whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Yes, just get it out of your hands. Give him a comfort level. Let me see him get an accurate pass on half of those before we start going and shooting downfield. I mean, look, he put some good balls out there, but he also has a bunch of others that, you know, have questions on him. So, look, it, the offense is not in good shape. We all know it. There's injuries. Hopefully, Goddard's coming back in the very near future. Next week, probably not to, uh, for the Thursday game. I'm hoping by the following week. So, that at least helps. I mean, I, I don't even want to discuss the Sean Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey. Don't care. Be honest with don't you. Care. Don't, don't care. Completely agree. Don't care. I don't care. And, and Dave, I, I kind of disagree with you about Travis Fogel. Um, I kind of went back and I looked at both games and I was looking at the routes that he's running and I'm looking at how he's getting off of coverage. You know, off the line, this, this kid's legit. Is he going to be a superstar? No, but I think he'll be a very serviceable number three wide receiver on this team. And I well, think it's a really good find. I do. I hope, I hope that you're right. My, my point to that is, is we thought the same thing about Ward last year. How many balls has he caught so far? Yeah, you but know, I don't think that's Ward's fault. Well, well, who's, you know, who's fault like, when a ball is thrown to Ward, he catches it. I've, right? seen dro- I've seen him drop several. One was important last uh, against the Steelers. He dropped the ball right in his hands. Now, listen, I, that's part of the game. I get it. But my point to is Fulgham has been cut. And, and, and listen, there's great stories that happen like this. And he comes no, on and makes a team. But if Deshaun Jackson comes back and Alshon Jeffrey comes back and and all these other guys come back healthy. Rieger, is Fogum a name that you hear? I I think you should. I hope you do. You will. I do because I I because you I'll will. tell you what. What I seen in that game, I seen Carson Wentz. I seen him trusting him. Okay, he used throwing the ball up and say, "Yo, go get a kid." Yeah, which is I, what Big Ben does in Pittsburgh all the time to players he trusts. Yeah. Right. So I, now, just, let, listen. Go ahead. What's up? Let me ask you guys both this. I mean, in all reality, how many games? I mean, how many games the Eagles have left? What, we're six games? uh, Right now, we're we're, we're six games in, right? So we got 10 more more games. 10 games, right? 10 games. How many of those 10 games does Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey both play in out of the next 10 games? One. Dave said three, you said one. There, there's your answer. Like, I mean, yes, if he if Wentz has a comfort level with Fulgham, that's what it is. But I was very curious what your opinion was, seriously, on next 10 games. How how many games do you have your number one and number two receiver there? No, my point was if they were there, you wouldn't know who this kid was. That's all it was. And I know that's how the game works. I understand injuries and, and opportunities. I get it, but He's not the answer. Is is all? I'm, all my point is is he's not. No, the he's not. He's, he's not. a play, He's a placeholder in the next man up. Right. He oh, and, he, and he's he's doing a great job. That's it. And, and he definitely is. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. Robert checks in. Has a good point, man. Something we've been speaking about. Carson currently has a Division Two O line. I get that. Love running the ball. 
more behind my allotted. As we say till we turn blue, run the damn ball, Doug. Running the ball keeps the ball out of the opposition quarterback's hands and aids in dominating time possession. We can continue to say it, Robert. I completely agree with you. Completely. But for some reason, Doug just doesn't see it. And again, I you know, I don't want to beat this to a dead horse here. Okay. I don't. Um, but I'm just going through the comments right now and and, and I kind of I feel exactly the way Jenna just types right there. I you know I like Carson, but I feel like he gets way too many excuses, and I don't know why. I don't understand. I th- listen. I'm just saying, like we we eventually have. It's not all on Carson. Listen, that kid has tremendous heart, tremendous heart. What he did against that Ravens team, unbelievable. Okay, I I I, I can't. But he but he still fumbled the ball, right? He's still erratic with his throws. He's still not there. Okay, now I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I, I have no idea. Okay, we 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 still don't know what it is. But it, at the end of the day, we need to win football games. And I am watching other players. Listen, just please tell me. Okay, I know what you guys are saying, Dave. I I, I understand, and I I'm, I'm listening to people here talking about Tom Brady. Okay, ha, you know people having player. But at the end of the day, look around the NFL and look at other quarterbacks have come in. Okay, and have injuries to their wide receivers, and guys step in, and they still do okay. They don't mm-hmm. need the big guy is, is what I'm saying. That's all, that, that, that is just my main point, okay? Yeah. my I watched, okay, I watched, and this I, I know it's a stretch, but, okay, listen, you can watch Russell Wilson. He You know, he didn't always have DK Metcalf. He didn't always have Tyler Lockett. He had Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin mm-hmm. wasn't a pro ball wide receiver. He was mm-hmm. good, right? He was good. He made, made plays though, right? But 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 again, when Russ Russ came in, made him into a household name. Russ made him, right? Yeah. It wasn't the other way around. It's but you Russell can look Wilson. at other. But 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 uh, hold on, real fast. Go back to we're going to go way back. Minnesota Viking days. Dante Culpepper, right? Give me Dante Culpepper. He was made by Randy Moss. Dante didn't make Randy Moss and Chris Randy Carter. Moore, what what's that? And Chris Carter. Right. Randy Moss, like Chris Carter, made who? Dante Culpepper. Uh, th- this is my point. I'm well, not point, saying anything. Your what point I, what is, I'm you're is, talking about quarterbacks, though. You just talked about Culpepper. He had the best receivers in the world. It, well, that's Dave, l- listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Culpepper needed those guys to be Dante Culpepper. Right? Well, so just like Carson Wentz needs that kind of guy to be Carson Wentz. What I'm saying is if Dante so Culpepper. Donovan McNabb. What's that? So did Donovan McNabb. He no, he needed, didn't. He needed an elite receiver. No, he didn't. A, he didn't? No, no, uh, no, he didn't. Dude. It took, what would we have done without Terrell Owens? We would have never. Before we got T.O. Before yes. we got T.O. Yes. Did we get the NFC Championship game? Yes. Who were our receivers? James Thrash and Top Hanson. Yeah. Yep. So Donovan McNabb, we, we weren't talking about here with Donovan one five and one, right? We weren't yeah. talking about Donovan. We were talking yeah. about Donovan McNabb bringing James Thrash and Todd yeah. Pinkston and Chad Lewis and friggin' Mike Tom. I don't even know who the hell some of these guys were, right? Yeah. But he was bringing Greg Lewis, Greg yeah. Lewis. So, so Donovan, uh, Donovan's team had the best def- top five defenses, top ten defenses in the league when they were winning the NFC Championship games. So, but, I mean, but they were Dave. They were one of the top scoring offenses 
of that time with they guys were? like what's that they were hell yeah they were uh, I don't know. We're going to go back for next show. I'm telling you right now that they were a top five offense uh, with, with those two receivers. When they, when they went against Tampa Bay, okay, yeah. when they lost it, they when they lost against Carolina, they were a top five offense, man. And the only players that could stop us was John Fox and Jim Fossil. That's it. They were the only guys that could stop us. And guess what? Donovan didn't have anybody. Donovan made Donovan made Chad Lewis a perennial friggin' <laughs> pro bowler. True. Okay? Yeah. So that, that's my point. I understand. I'm just talking specifically the quarterback position. I am not saying that Carson Wentz is a good. What I'm saying is they. I, I agree with you about the Jeffrey Lurie thing. I agree with John. They need people in here because Don Donovan was able to make players better. Carson cannot. That's my opinion. Carson needs players to help him be better. That's all I'm saying. And if that means going out and getting A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Tulio Jones, okay, if that means going out and getting somebody like that, then that's what he needs to do. He needs that guy. Donovan, wait, Donovan needed him to get to the next step. Carson just needs these guys in order to be a really good quarterback and consistent, in my opinion. That's all I'm talking about. Um let's get this a card real fast. Rager will be back. Dallas will be back. Give Wentz something to work with, and he will be fine. Right, right. You know, if he if those guys are good enough for him, they'll be fine. Right? That's all I'm saying. Can, you know, can, Mike says, can he put up good numbers, but then he makes mistakes. He can be great. Right. He can be great, but puts up good numbers, then he makes mistakes. Robert says, Ed, does Amari, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb make Andy Dalton? Nope, but they definitely elevate Zach. Now, Robert, be careful. You watched one game. You watched one game with the Dallas Cowboys of Andy Dalton, who hasn't played in six months. So you just have to be careful because I can guarantee you this. Andy Dalton will be throwing up 250, 280, and for two touchdowns every single game. You just wait. It is going to happen. Trust me. They have an offensive line issue. Big time. Okay, big time. But Andy Dalton, I guarantee you, those players will make Andy Dalton better. Uh, Jenna checks up about uh, Freddie Mitchell, right? Alex said, give me a wide receiver. Here we go. Give me a wide receiver that has played three years in a row with Wentz. He has to have someone to trust. Th Thank this, you, Al. <laughs> but, but, Dave, you're right. This is my point. And, and, you, and you mentioned Russell Wilson. I, I, it's, listen, Russell Wilson is elite. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, those guys are elite, elite players in the NFL. They've proven to be. Um, and and I get it, Tony. I understand what you're saying. Those guys are like far and few between. Carson Wentz is a solid player that needs the proper ingredients to yes. make a whole. That's and what I'm it, talking about. I agree with you. I agree with you 100. percent What the hell you know, you fighting with me for? I'm not. I just disagree <laughs> with. I disagree with the Donovan thing. I'm just I, I, I disagree with the Do Donovan was held. Uh, Donovan, I love Donovan McNabb. Every time he lined up behind center, you knew you had a chance to win. But Donovan's ingredients were different because his defense was better, his offensive line was better, and my, and just my opinion. And, and they ran the ball, not enough, but you had okay running backs. Solid running backs, like three deep, if you don't remember. You know, they had Deuce Daly, Buck Holder when he was healthy, and, and Westbrook. Name our running backs. They, they, you, you have zero. Miles Sanders hasn't played a complete season. 
he's hurt every now and again. When he's there, he's talented. I, I, I had I had a let so Nick checks in says five was waste of talent not his fault never got wide receiver until to now Mike checks in here you go Dave and John here's some offensive ranks ninth fourth eleventh eighth and eighteenth right so I'm guessing Mike let us know what years they are but but there 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 are some there are some offensive ranks with with Donovan McNabb mm-hmm. and Todd Stinkston and James Trash. And Chad Lewis, okay, is what I, I'll tell you what. I mean, that's pretty impressive, except for the eighteen. If if you're going to give me those are the guys he's throwing a ball to, man. I mean, right. think about it. That's it's, it, they're garbage, right? Yeah. Uh, Wentz changes his wide receivers every year. Doesn't even know who's showing up to camp every year. And we're going to go. John, John is dying to talk about Tua. Thoughts <laughs> 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 itching. Oh, that's he's funny. itching. He's ready to talk about Tua. But go ahead, John. What do you want to say about this thing? Because like, we're going to move I, on. Real see, I got all screwed, screwed up now. <laughs> now, all I want to say is when you guys talk about, you know, you say the elite quarterbacks, they're elite. I mean, they have to have talent, but it's their coaches on the field. They read the defenses. They don't need Doug Peterson putting a freaking play in their ear. These guys are on the field and know what to do, and they know how to command a locker room. They know how to just have that mental chemistry with their receivers and how to communicate with them. And obviously, the longer you're with them, the better it is. But you look at, you know, like you said, Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, look at, look at their brains work. But pre-snap, like just what, like what they do. I mean, you could just see their mannerisms. And there's a lot of NFL quarterbacks that don't have that. Like they kind of go through the motions, but they're not like really processing the you know the game and the formation. So that's all I wanted to add there. That makes no, them the, that makes them the elite player. I mean, that is I what agree. makes them yeah. elite. Special is um, hard to come by. Jenna, Jenna says Jimmy G is elite too. <laughs> Jimmy, at some things and yeah, oh yeah yeah exactly it's some things i'm just gonna leave it at that well i think we know what they are okay uh jimmy so, g is uh so you, you've been a, oh my bad you've been a jimmy g fan for ages and i always was hating on jimmy g <laughs> who me yeah i wasn't a jimmy g fan yes you were yeah when he oh dude the niners were gonna dominate (laughs) everything jarek mckinnon boom acl jimmy g (laughs) boom nothing it's just it when he first got there yeah the mckinnon jimmy g uh impact that year one wasn't there so let's fast forward before we move on because we got a Thursday night football game coming up against the new york giants that we that's we we need to win this game uh, it's a short week, and I'll tell you what, you know, Carson Carson got beat up a lot in this game. And, you know, I, I, I do want to ask, you know, I, I want to do one more topic, you know, asking where Fletcher Cox has been because, in my opinion, Brandon Graham has been earning his paper and Fletcher Cox has been stealing paper because Fletcher Cox ain't showed up at all. Okay, uh, you know, he is not existent. We do not even hear his name being talked. And is this... Honestly, this is comes to a Howie Roseman issue. We we got three guys on the defensive line, defensive tackle. Okay, we're paying like thirty million dollars in defensive tackle money, right? And, and we're not getting any production whatsoever. 
uh, you know, so maybe some of that money should have been spent on a wide receiver, a uh, lot, right? You know, so let's get into this Thursday night game real fast. And I want to ask you guys, we'll, 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 you know, we'll get into the trivia question. And I want to talk about Julio Jones for one minute. Uh, and then we're going to get to it. But the Eagles, Thursday night football, short week against the Giants. Jason, listen, Jason Garrett, offense coordinator, knows a lot about the Eagles, knows a lot about the tendencies. Whether we like him or not, he still knows what we're going to do. Uh, you know, can Doug Peterson pull out of his playbook a game plan to beat the New York football Giants on a short week with a banged-up team, okay, with, with, with a very, very light schedule going in, okay, against a, an offensive team, Okay, that can put up numbers, right? They can. I'm not saying they will, but they can. But Daniel Jones has regressed this year a little bit, so he's shown the ability, uh, you know, to to throw interceptions. He's shown the happy feet in the pocket. So I, I kind of, you know, I think this is a obviously a must win, but I think this is a lock win for me for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think we win this game. Uh, I'm going to say we win this game something like 28 to 10. Uh, I, I think the Giants, I'll give the Giants one touchdown. I will. I think we come out and play hard against the Giants. I think we get the win. John, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think you get the win at best 23-17. I'm thinking even 2017 Eagles. The Giants will score. They'll get two touchdowns some way, somehow. Um, it, it's a division game. Yes, Eagles should win. I believe the Eagles will win, but it's a division game is all I have to say. Um, I, I think the, as bad as the offensive line is, the Giants' defense isn't you know, overly imposing. Um, I think the offense will be able to get through it, even with no Sanders. They can you know, hopefully dink and dunk a little bit, run the ball. I'm not a fan of Clement. Scott can... He can handle 10 carries and be effective if they're in the right spots, but you can't have a predictable offense. If you're trying, you know, that is number one. You can't have the, but I think, I think the Eagles defense is what wins the game more than anything else. Dave, what do you think? Oh my God. I can never say the Eagles defense is going to win you a game. Uh, (laughs) It's uh, the Giants. I, I I agree with Jenna. I think they're going to win by three. I was going to say 24-21 in my head. Um, I it, Like John did say, it's a divisional game. You know, they're normally tight uh, no matter what, how bad both teams are. Um, I, I've been on point with my predictions up until the tie game. So um, I'm predicting an Eagles victory this week. Oh, that means we can bet. That means we can bet on birds. Bet on the birds, yeah. Coach Say said, bet on the birds. Uh, Al checked in, says, yeah, it's about time a reporter asking what's going on. He's talking about Fletch. He wants to know what's hell, what the hell is what's going on. So ever since ever since Fletch got caught up in that fatal attraction type story, man, he ain't never been the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Al says, I think 20 to 10 Eagles. I like it. And Bob Lynch so far, the comment tonight, speaking of spending money on things, Gatol needs to give sports memorabilia props to his guest host. Dixon's walls are bare. Yeah, yeah I like it. I love at least John's got a little pe- little memorabilia in the background. You know I, what I, mean? I added a few. 
Yeah, John, uh, I, we got to get Dave. Dave, Dave, I'm sorry, man. You can't get no jerseys off my wall, bro. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. They, uh, Nick says he's bet birds. I think, guys, I think this is a good time. We're going to add the trivia question right now. Uh, so the, we're at the 40 minute mark. Uh, we know we probably got the 20, 30 minutes left. So let's let this Phillies Eagles trivia question. And I already know the answer. This, these questions, man. I, I get texts the next day about who it was when people sign off. Here's a really, really good one. Okay. I got it. Hey, trivia in 2016, which defensive lineman became the first Eagle since 2008 to play snaps on both offense and defense in the same game. So again, which defensive lineman became the first Eagle since 2008 to play snaps on offense and defense in the same game. This happened in 2016. So think on that for a sec. While I got we it. talk about what, what's that? I got it. Well, write it down. Don't, Austria aren't allowed to answer right now. Well, <laughs> we're not allowed to answer right now. So let, let, I, I want to get to this before we move on because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. I, you know, obviously trade deadlines coming up, and there's been a lot of rumors, right? Uh, obviously, a lot of rumors. Talk, you know, a lot of receivers engaged in, in trade rumors, right? I, I, I'm here, and again, it's because the Philadelphia Eagles know. They, they need somebody, right? They know they need somebody. Uh, you know, hearing John Ross, nah, hard pass on John Ross. I don't want another guy off the clearance rack. Stop. No John Ross. I hear William Fuller. There's, uh, there, there's, no, uh, William, did I just call him William Fuller? Mm. Wow. Uh, it is Will Fuller. But I'm thinking is, of yeah. somebody else. That's my opinion. Um, that, That's my fault. <laughs> but no, Will Fuller. Yo, Dave. I'll tell you, man. This is this this is a first. We got to answer our trivia question before it was even over. Uh, that, uh, okay. Bob Lynch gets the get, gets the answer. Bob, how the hell did you get that? The is it Brandon is, Brooks? No, okay. Bo Allen. Oh, very good, Bo Allen, dude. That's a tremendous pull, dude. Jeez. Bob Lynch over. That's a tremendous pull. I didn't think <laughs> anybody was going to get that. Nobody. Bo Allen. Bobby that is tremendous. Stuff. That's a great pull, man. Great pull. But let me ask you guys something. Right now, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're Howie Roseman, and you get a call from the Atlanta Falcons, and they say, we want your number one first-round pick, I will give you Julio Jones straight up. Are you doing the deal? Are you yeah. taking Julio Jones for a first-round pick? Me or John? I'll go with you first, Dave. You take a Julio for a first-round pick. All right. You'll be quick, John. No. No. No way. What? Wait. Why? <laughs> Why? No way. I need... Because we have too many holes to give up for a number one pick for Julio. He's not worth, a, and this late in his career, he is not worth a number one pick. Just my opinion. I don't I don't agree with that whatsoever. Does, I, he, I, does he fix this team? Yes. He fixes Carson. I don't, you don't think does, he fixes Carson? I think the potential for the number one pick, although we are not good at drafting, I think the potential for next year's number one pick could could help you for five to ten years possibly. Julio fixes you maybe for this season, maybe next. He's another aging receiver. We don't need that right now. Just my opinion. John? It's a tweener question. It's a tweener question, and it has to do with, look, if the offensive line was intact, 
and the and the Eagles were at three and three. Yes, because I think the offense would look completely different with them where it is. I look. I don't know what the contracts. I don't know what his contract is. I don't know for how long. But everything that Dave said, the question marks. He's absolutely on point. I think Julio's thirty-one now. You know what I mean. He's, He's two 31. years behind AJ Green, who hasn't done anything in two years. You know what I mean? He's three years behind Deshaun Jackson, who we signed and hasn't been able to stay healthy for three years. So, yes, he is a beast of a talent, but I mean, he always has those nagging injuries, the hamstrings. He still ends up putting up the stats at the end of the day. That's also with Matt Ryan slinging the ball. I will tell you, Julio Jones could help Carson Wentz more mentally than in reality of his productivity, meaning he has to get in Carson Wentz's head and command the ball as a number one receiver does. Then I can see it working. If he's going to wait for Carson Wentz to choose to throw the ball to him whenever the situation is perfect for him, otherwise he's just going to pull the ball back and either take a sack or run, you know? So I think Julio could help him mentally first round pick. I mean, to me, it almost feels like a Deshaun Jackson signing, not trying to put stat versus stat Julio's way better in terms of that, but I could see it. I don't how for how long you're going to have him. Yes. I think he'll be good for the next two years after that. Don't have dead money in a contract for a guy who's probably not going to perform up to the level you're paying him. So I got to ask this Carson Wentz is 27 years old. Mm-hmm. So how many prime years does Carson Wentz have left? Right? So my question to that is Julio Jones, whether he's 31 or not, if you, this is the window for Carson Wentz, right? Okay. Right, right now. Hold on right now. Right now, we, we, we have fully admitted the first half of this show that the reason why Carson Wentz is not good and the Eagles aren't good is because they have injuries. So if the Eagles are 100% healthy, right, the Eagles have all their pieces 100% healthy, are they a Super Bowl contender? No. No. Okay. They're not a Super Bowl contender. No. Why not? Because their defense is terrible. Okay. So. You mean to tell me you your your first round pick, if you're going to take a defender, and your first round pick is going to be worth more than Julio Jones to go with your franchise quarterback in the next two to three years? Because I, mean, I think yeah. this offense looks completely different with Julio Jones. Look, if you're telling me that your opinion is obviously what you're saying is that they're a player away from being a Super Bowl contender on and- offense. On offense. Well, you got to look at it as a team because I do. Well, because that first round pick next year yeah. could be the best defensive end in 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 the draft. Okay. Or it could be the second best defensive end in the draft. And he's so, and he's and he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. A defensive end will surely what look good on this team. Will look good on the team. Wait not, a minute. Not he with sixty six sacks. <laughs> well, that, that's my issue. I mean, you, you, you listen. The defensive end position is a piece. Okay, it's a right. piece. Doesn't mean you're going to win the, the big dance. But if you if you can put up, uh, you know, thirty points a game, because now all of a sudden, I mean, right now you're putting up twenty four to twenty five. So you you know you add another touchdown per game. That I listen. I, I just think that this is 
this has the, the the ability, and I know this. I understand the defense was that much better. I get it. When we got T.O., our defense was 10 times better than it is right now. I understand. But what I'm saying is this is a, a huge piece, a huge piece. Listen, you show up, you line up, and all Carson has to do is throw the damn ball. You get a healthy Miles Sanders, right? You have Dallas Goddard because I still don't think Zach Ertz will be here. Okay, you have Jalen Rager as your speed guy who actually fits now because now you have somebody to open the offense up you know, across the middle. Okay, and on the sideline, now you have Jalen Rager running the way he's supposed to. I just think this is a huge move. I think you do because, I listen, whether you draft 10th, whether you draft 20th, whether you draft 3rd, it doesn't matter. They're going to screw it up anyway. That's what they do. <laughs> right? At the well, end of the day, that's what they do. You know what? You're Tony, right. in your ranting, you almost convinced me to go with Dave on this one. Uh, because Because everything that you said, I mean, look, yes, the offense is all there, and what do I see next year is aging linemen, aging linemen, aging linemen. Aging so, linemen? Yeah, your offensive line. How's it aging? You just have Jordan Maialata, who's showing you right now he is your left tackle. Lane Johnson's not aging. What about Kelsey? Kelsey, yeah, he's a center, though. Who drafts a center in the first round? No, I'm not saying in the first round. I'm just saying it's getting older. I yes, Lane Johnson isn't. I mean, he's not old, old, but he got to stay. I mean, look, he's been a solid rock. Brooks, there's just the injury concerns. I don't know what you don't know what Dillard's gonna do. I don't know that we always talked it, it. You win it in the trenches with that offensive line, and we just said that the offensive line is the biggest issue. And when you start talking about Jalen Rager and then I get excited and I got hurt and I get excited, then I think even more, is it Julio or is it getting that other lineman so that he's not under pressure or just having him get healthy? What happened in Buffalo this year? Who did they get in Buffalo this year? Stefan Diggs. And what did he do to that offense? Made it Electric. a hell of a lot better. Right. That, do they have a good defense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That's their strong. That's their strong point. I I understand that, right? Mm-hmm. But we have listen until we get to that. That that defense is not going to be get. It's not going to be fixed in a year. Well, right? Tony, Tony I, listen. I I don't not want Julio Jones on our team. I just don't want him for a first round pick. So that's that's all I'm trying to say. I just think that value is too much. I I, I think people put way too much value on draft picks. I do. Well, um, uh, you and you and Howie Roseman agree. Well, I'll tell you what. Our, our draft picks have absolutely sucked ass for the last ten friggin' years. So I don't really think it matters. Right? I don't. I would. I would trade an established superstar. Okay, any day of the week over picking a guy that I just hope is going to be good. I said it this year. I would have traded my pick for OBJ. I'll say it this year again. I will trade my pick for Julio Jones because I know who I'm getting. I'll say it every. And you know what? We, I guarantee you, okay, it's October 20th. I guarantee you, Heat Ratio Podcast episode 170 friggin' five. We're going to sit here next October and we're going to be talking about the same shit. Okay. We're going to hear about the offense can't score. Right about, well, what's Carson doing? Uh, we better not invest in a draft. We're going to be the same damn shit, is what we're going to be doing. 
The just like a, just like a year ago when it was Amari Cooper, <laughs> right? Uh, but you but, don't want to give up a draft pick, though, Dave. No, no, no. I, I, no. Disagree. I wanted Amari Cooper. You only had to give up. You didn't have to give a first round up for Amari. You had to give a second. I, I don't. You can give every second up for for if you tell me that it's two twos or a two and a three. For Julio Jones, I'll do that in a second. I just don't – I value the number one pick. I want us to pick I, – I want – I'm crossing our fingers that we get it right someday. Yeah, pick, pick Justin Jefferson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Pick Thank you. Justin Jefferson, who Chase I'll Claypool. tell you what, boys, is he electric or what? He there is you. the real deal, man. Yeah, well um, – uh, who's our old-time Hall of Fame uh, beat writer for the Eagles that, that's always on? What's his name? Uh, old man. Ray Dinger. Ray Dinger said he was the best route runner in the draft. He was the he was Who, the best. Jefferson? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait. Yeah. Thank you, Al. Al said, I thought so. Dallas did give up a one for Cooper. Oh, thank yeah, you. Al. I apologize. So, uh, so, was, you, so you give up a one for Cooper? He's younger. Oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, listen, Dave, Coach Dave, backtrack. That's great. I love it. I love it, man. I have 100%. to fact check that Jefferson. out. Mike checks in. Jefferson was my pick. Listen, I'll tell you what, guys, I think we're going to have more nightmares of Justin Jefferson than DK Metcalf. I think Justin Jefferson is that good. In every, every, I'm, I thought that was the most guaranteed pick of the yes. first round of that draft. I thought everything was just going to play out, and I loved the pick. I loved the pick. I was not a fan of Judy, and I was not a fan of Rugs coming out of the draft. Look, I may be wrong. You, I might be wrong in three years. Justin Jefferson was a guy I liked. Now, John, I'm with you, man. He was the listen. He was the most established, the most NFL ready receiver to come out of that draft. Everybody said it. Everybody knew it. And what did we do? Think about where this team is right now. You know, somebody posted uh, yesterday. I forget. I would love to give him credit on Twitter. I forget who posted, but he made a great point. He said, "Think about it. We could have had Justin Jefferson, Miles Sanders, and DK Metcalf." Dude, yeah. all one squad, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. You think Carson would have a lot of problems? My lord, man. He I mean, listen, he played so well. I was I it's just uh, amazing. Uh, uh, crazy. Reger is a player I can't wait till he gets back. That's what Al says. I, I'm listen, I'm not sold on Reger, man. I'm not sold. I you know, I I I know you want to give the kid a shot. I get it. But I, you know, I, I just don't listen. We drafted a number two guy and a number one guy, and, and we needed a number one guy. Jefferson's a number one. Regular will not be a number one. It's just my opinion. I, I don't, I don't nev think, never. No. And, and, and that's my See, issue. I, I do not believe that you could tell if a guy's going to be a number one guy for how much he played in the NFL. These snaps, no preseason. Look, I would not be happy as an Eagles fan by any means. Uh, but at the same time, you can't say that it's a bust. I mean, come on. You got to get the guys played meaningful games for two months in well, the NFL, and I'll he's been hurt this. for half of it. I'll go by past practice in the NFL that Rieger size doesn't make him a number one receiver. That's not his size tells you that he's not a number one receiver. He's a number two. He's a slot receiver. Those guys aren't number ones that to me. That's past practice. That's what the NFL has taught us. 
So that's the only reason why I say what I'd say. Rieger is not a number one. Justin Jefferson, he'll be a number one. Yes. Call it number one or number two. Catch 100 balls for me. I don't care where you line up. Well, that is true. That is true. I agree. I agree with that. I do agree with that. So that's a great point. That is true. Now let's uh, let's just stick with the bolts beam. Screw it. We're just going to go all football this show. I mean, let's go all football. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna c- couple NFL topics. I'm gonna go right to some Eminem talk before we get out of here. But John, I have to ask you. You know, the, the Pittsburgh are they the number one team in the NFL? Because I I I I under I understand that you know Seattle's playing well. I get it, but. I'll tell you, and and the, the Devin Bush loss is huge, which really sucks, right? I I think we could both agree on that. But at the end of the day, man, dude, Pittsburgh just—we talked about the defense coming in this year. We already knew they were going to be good. It was all hinged on the thirty-eight-year-old arm of Ben Roethlisberger. And who the hell could have predicted that Chase Claypool is the next coming of Heinz Ward, right? Nobody. Who the hell could have predicted that? So now you're lining up with with. Juju with Deontay, if you can say healthy, you still got James Washington. Now you have Chase Claypool. James Connors playing well. You got a good backup at Benny Snell. And guess what? Ebron is a beast when it comes to blocking and running short little red little pick routes. And Ben's playing out of his mind. So, John, what are we are you the best team in the NFL right now? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We Losing Devin Bush is a big hit because we're getting pressure from the ends, no doubt, but that leaves the middle. That's that middle where you need that guy, and you don't get middle linebackers uh, on the trash heaps like sign a free agent or just finding a gem, you know what I mean? Let alone, like, you need to know your plays, man. You need to be on top of it. Bush was just such a – even though he was young, he was a leader on that defense. All right. And just his sideline, the sideline, you know, the way that he could track the ball, uh, you can't replace it. All right. No. Similar to when we lost Shazir. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a hit. Look, Ben has thrown one pick this year. I don't think in Ben's entire career, minus maybe his uh, rookie season where he just was on fire, I don't think he's ever been through five games and only thrown one pick. He's due for a three-pick game, and he always plays well at home, but on the road, he's really uh, always sketchy. So, I mean, not to get on to any game picks, but I think that Tennessee takes Pittsburgh down this week. Not by a lot, but I think uh, Henry running through that Pittsburgh defense without Devin Bush could be a problem. Um, You know, Tannehill's he, look, he, he's he's been good. He's been getting a lot of touchdowns. I don't know about the pressure, but Ben on the road, I could see two picks. I could Ooh. see Derrick Henry running all over the place. So, look, they're definitely top five. They can definitely beat any team. It's staying healthy and getting hot going into week 19 or 18, whatever you know it may be going into the playoffs. So, uh, best, eh, I still think Kansas City might be better. And it's also, it's not even the best team. It's also, that's what playoffs are. It's matchups. You know what I mean? There, there's just teams like, as good as Baltimore may be, 
Pittsburgh is built to go head to head and battle with them. Like uh, either, Lamar Jackson, call it what it is. These two teams, as good as they could be, are built to battle. There's just certain teams that give other teams problems. And it, it comes down to, you know, one game matches when it's in the playoffs. So they're definitely a playoff team, but uh, best in the NFL. I'll go top three. Well, what you said is just what what just kills me because it's just what I hope to be one day. You know, we heard when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, we heard Doug Peters can get them big balls and say, this is the new norm, right? This is the new norm. Well, you know, I don't ever recall, and, and John, I'm sure there's been a year, but for notorious, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens are team, two teams you just mentioned that are just good every single year. How many times do we talk about those teams rebuilding? How many times do we talk about a one in seven Pittsburgh team or a one in five Baltimore team, right? Because they know how to recycle the draft picks. They know how to recycle talent. It's what we talked about, which is, just, oh, it just kills me. But, Dave, are the Pittsburgh Steelers the number one team in football right now? I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. I, I, I like, I love Seattle. Um, I love Pete Carroll. Um, I love what the Buffalo Bills are doing. Um, you know, we're, we're told that, you know, some, some more AFC teams, obviously the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I mean, listen, you, you said something about the Steelers and I talk about this on the show quite often. And, um, the stability of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've had three head coaches in their existence. As far as I know, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yep, um, and every everyone won a Super Bowl. And every coach won a Super Bowl. So you want to talk about a franchise mm-hmm. and you want to talk about stability um, in our own state, you should be – that's why when, you know, Andy Reid got here, he stole somebody from their front office, right, in Tom Modrak. Tom Modrak. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we should replay some of that and try and steal mm-hmm. something from the Steelers in their front office and work on stability because, you know, you heard me say this before, Tony, what you see on the field from the Eagles right now, in my opinion, is exactly what's going on in that front office. It's disheveled, it's unorganized, and it's it's disappointing. Oh, I'm with you. Mikey Googs, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Good, good. Hey, nice yo, get, you right, get you right in on this. We're talking NFL. We're talking Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Are Pittsburgh Steelers the best team in football? Sure seems that way. I'm sure John will be happy to hear that, but uh <laughs> Yeah, John's relishing in this argument right now. Definitely. Uh, I'm enjoying it, but the, like I like I said, uh, Ben is not a one interception quarterback. It uh it just it seems like that's the team no matter what, no matter what issues they go through, there's always stability and there's always a sense of calm and there's never a sense of panic and you know, they just don't do the embarrassing stuff that the Philadelphia Eagles do, you know, no matter how bad it gets over there. Like even during the Antonio Brown situation, I mean, look at all the look at all the mess and the nonsense that went on with that. And they handled that with class and they just knew that they it, 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 even if they didn't have a plan, they always seem like they they come off always looking like they have a plan. So that team is like the you know, I don't think it gets talked about enough because people talk more about New England being st- stable and New England being professional and uh you know, setting examples from the top down, but I think you got to hand that to Pittsburgh. And I guess we don't really give Pittsburgh enough props when it comes to that. And we don't even think that Pittsburgh's even in the same state sometimes because it's so Eagle centric, you know? 
Now you're absolutely right about well, that, and they, they, they get a lot of stuff. <laughs> Look at Todd's face. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know what to say. No, just, no, just to chime in. But it's crazy how the public opinion differs. Right. A year and a half ago, when it was Bell holding out and AB, and everybody says that Big Ben's the problem. And right. you know what I mean? And and it's just crazy that the way the mentality then it was what's going on with the locker room. Ben's a jerk. These two guys are flaring off like there's so much dissension. Them two leave. We know where AB is. We know that Lev Bell is on his second team now because it was right. a big fail with Adam Gase. Sure. But and then there's Pittsburgh. But it's just crazy how a year and a half ago, Pittsburgh was like, it was Ben and management that was the worst. And then you fast forward a year and a half, and now you're like, oh, wow, okay, they really know what they're doing. Sure seems that way. Uh, and, and it really does because, like, when that whole A-B thing was going on, um, it looked like that Pittsburgh may have been in a little bit of disarray. But then when he bounced to Oakland, and all the other stuff that he went through, it really looked like Pittsburgh handled that with a white glove approach. They were the best team and the best organization to be able to to even put a wrap around that because I'm sure it was a thousand times worse than what we saw. They were oh, happy to get rid of him. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And John, yeah, you said back then Big Ben was a problem. That could have been maybe because he's in bathrooms whipping out his junk, taking selfies. You know what I mean? Could have something to do with it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that yeah, maybe. <laughs> could have had a little bit of doing no idea getting people riding in the back of his bike you know what i mean listen big ben was living a life for a little while there um al says i think it's set up to get blown out this week for their first loss so john that's what you were talking about and uh again listen i'll tell you what man i i just watch derrick henry no <laughs> i mean listen I mean, that, I, and again, and the only reason why I bring it up is because the last person I remember to run like that, John, Jerome Bettis. Here it goes. Oh, I, I knew I was coming. I was, I was going deeper. I was going the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Whoa. Okoye. Christian Okoye. That really reminds me of. Look, Bettis. That's great pull. To me, dude, I don't think, I don't know height-wise. Wow. But I don't think Bettis was at the same height stature as Derrick you're, Henry. You're right, John. You're right. Where I Christian Okoye is who ran mm. like Derrick Henry, or Derrick Henry ran like Christian Okoye. Yeah. To me, Christian Bettis Christ. was a little more compact to the ground, probably like right. what five eleven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Christian Okoye was like two hundred and eighty pounds too. Derrick Henry. Is I I believe without looking at his uh, statistics is like two sixty, the way and and he it's, runs. He's a I beast. Mean, oh my god, he's a two sixty, dude. It's crazy. It's a truck. I, I'm gonna look it up right now, but uh, uh, no, I'll have it for you in like ten seconds. I'm well, again though, you know, you watch that team. It's all about coaching. It's Mike, Mike Vrabel, man. Mike Vrabel was an excellent high school, college, pro player, and he is. And becoming an excellent football coach. I mean, he is just the complete package, in my opinion. One hundred percent. He's listed at six three two forty seven. Is that's his listed Jeez. weight? What? <laughs> wow. I, he isn't. He he's cut 
Like, oh my god, dude, he yeah. is unbelievable. Look, Vrabel, bring, he brings that experience. He brings that that New England style of discipline. You know, he just brings it, and it all rubbed off on him. He was obviously very successful there, and he's bringing his success as a coach. It's it's pretty well, impressive you, what did, he's doing. Did you see what he did last week when he he actually purposely got that penalty? Did Did you read about that? No. I did not. Yeah, if you if you check it out, because I, I don't want to get the specifics wrong, but Google that. Last week there was a play with four that he literally did something purposely, knew the rules. It, it, perfect Bill Belichick team. That's right? Belichick, yeah. Yeah, one percent. And and he swung it around to where they got if they would have taken the penalty, got the penalty, they wouldn't be able to kick a field goal. So it was like amazing the way he did it, and it saved them the game. It was crazy. And it's just again, he's a mastermind. Man. So he did that similar thing in the playoffs against Belichick last year. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, I that's right. That. Now I remember. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And Dave. Belichick yeah. was living. Yeah, he was oh, not yeah. happy. He was he's not like, happy. wait a minute, that's my move. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, he was like uh, Mr. Costanza in Seinfeld <laughs> with the stop and short. Stop and short. Stop short. That's my move. <laughs> <laughs> that Fantastic. was the ass man. Remember the ass man episode? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did. It was on like within the past two weeks, I think. Oh, that that episode is great. Everybody's like, yeah, yes, man. Yes, man. That was beautiful. Love <laughs> it. Uh, if players would be honest, they would say they are scared to tackle that army tag. That's what Al says about Derrick Henry. I'll tell you what. I, you know, not, not the awesome one. I wouldn't have been saying in front of Derrick Henry. That's for damn sure. No, <laughs> he definitely saw- would not have. Nom day awesome wow wow well and you saw God. you saw what he did to uh josh norman josh Ooh. norman josh norman went high on him and he just like looked at him it was like he just like had a fly on his hand and screw him down. i'm sure i'm sure asante samuel will love and, to take a crack at him. oh yeah asante was another dude no way no way asante samuel's touching him dude well no and then way. that that big run Henry had, he he was over twenty mile an oh. hour. Like I'm like I'm waiting. I'm like, all right, there's going to be a defensive back that's going to catch him. His legs are so long yeah. that his strides. Yes. It's like that's how he even looks like he's running. He no, it doesn't. No, you got running backs running. Their legs are like twice as fast. And like yeah. Derrick Henry, exactly. Look like, he's a he looks guy. like an antelope out there. He's a genetic he, he's, freak. He's man. dangerous. He's he's like, yeah, Dave, he's a genetic freak. So, like, John, this dangerous. is your time, man. Let's get right to it, man. It's two a time in Miami. Two it's two a time in Miami, man. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I'm waiting. I, I want to see it. I, I think, listen, you break this down. A lot of people are, are asking why, right? A lot of people wonder why. Listen, Miami Dolphins are in second place in the AFC East. They're three and three, one game behind the Buffalo Bills. Okay, shout out to Ryan Tannehill. Again, for being that guy, they just step over and be like, yeah, I'm coming in here to play six games. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to help the young kid. I'm going to give him a standing ovation and throw him out there. And guess what? The Dolphins, fourth, fourth in points allowed. They're playing well. They're playing well. And and, and I'll tell you what, he's got a nice supporting cask out there too. Devontae Parker. Miles Gaskin, Mike Gizeki. Okay, they got a nice supporting cast out there. So, John, you have I I I can't wait for Tua to play, man. You excited about Tua like I am? My public service announcement is what I'm going with. The <laughs> fact that Ryan Tannehill can have or yeah, see, you said Tannehill. He started it. I'm like, why are you saying Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill? He said Tannehill. No, I got magic. Come on, Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic. Yes. <laughs> Dude, to have him. Take the Dolphins to three and three, all right, 
offense is is playing decent. Look, he there's energy in this team. Three and three, one game out of first place. Okay, we get what Tua is. I mean, he's waiting in the wings. You go into a bye week off of a win, and you say, you know what? You got yeah, we're gonna put two in. Um, public service announcement. Not saying excited about Tua. Not saying that Fitzpatrick's not fine with it. Not saying the business end of it. It's like you're an NFL athlete or you're a competitor. You get your team within one game of first place. Do nothing wrong. Once again, and you're on the bench. So I, 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 it's not even feeling for Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy the way it goes. You know, Fitzpatrick has made himself a survivor in the league. This guy, no matter what happens, somehow winds up starting. So, I mean, I think that would be the last thing he's probably thinking of, but the fact that he's played so well, I mean, he really has played well. And the fact that he's given this kid support because he knew when the kid was drafted, he's the franchise. But for some oh, reason, question. I don't know how it's going to wind up, but Fitzpatrick's going to wind up starting somewhere or doing something relevant because he always does. He always finds a way. Every year, it's always the oh, same thing with this guy. Dude, he pays for, you know, he threw for 1,535 yeah. yards. Beast mode. I mean, seriously, he was the, the 12th ranked quarterback in fantasy. That's yeah. the kind of stats he was putting up. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's the timing's crazy. a little weird. It's a little weird. But but I agree. See, John, I kind of disagree with what you're saying. I think this is the perfect time to put him in. Perfect time. Because, listen, you, you know that Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I said Fitzpatrick this time, yes, isn't coming back next year. You already know that. So instead of putting your guy in when you're wanting six and get your brains beat in, okay, you're putting your guy in at the halfway point saying, yo, this is what it's all about. You know, we're three and three. And listen, it's it's high, it's low risk, high reward. If, if Brian Flores goes lose the next five games, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. The Miami Dolphins care, and that's no, why they're doing it now because they're thinking future and would rather put in that guy to get him playing time to get a better draft pick than actually compete this year in the division oh, when you're no. one game out. And that is what I'm that is my public service announcement. That's what I truly believe. They're putting the guy in because look, they don't care. Do you re- I don't I'm sorry. Fitzpatrick has done nothing to lose his job. You don't pull a winning quarterback out of the game just to do your experiment unless you say, you know what? Yeah, we'll just lose another bunch of games to get another uh, high draft pick and then really stock up. So before I go to Dave, let me ask you this question. So you think for one second, Tua comes in this year, not injured, okay? Because remember, he had the hip injury, right? You think if he comes in 100% healthy, Fitzpatrick starting week one? I don't. By NFL, yes. Fitzpatrick, and this year, Fitzpatrick, no no question would be starting week one, yes. If if, if Tua came in this year healthy and this was a normal offseason, okay, where he would have been. He had never had an injury? Yes. 
then yeah, probably they have nothing to lose. They're already playing for the next year's. But, but, but that's what I, that's my point. My point is, you know, unfortunately, as you know, whether it be fans, analysts, media, it doesn't matter who you are right now. Nobody knows what the hell is going on because nobody can get inside the bubble, right? So we don't we don't know what practices look like. We don't know what this guy was doing. Is he riding a bike? Is he reading porn? What I don't know what he's doing, right? But at the end of the day, right, what we have to look at right now is the kid's healthy. And he's healthy and he needs to play. And I think he was going to play whenever he was ready. No matter if it was week one, week two, week three. I, I, I do. I don't think win or loss. I just don't. I, I don't think it made a difference. I don't. I think this is their guy, their franchise, and they got to roll with him. Just like they did with Kyler Murray last year in Arizona. Okay. Is he going to win a ton of games? No, he's not. He's not, but he's going to be electric, right? At moments, he's going to be bad at moments. Okay, and he's going to be able to compete, and I think that's what they want to do. Dave, what do you think? Two a time, what? Well, listen, I, I got an opportunity to watch him play in college, like I'm sure most football fans have, and and he is electric. And I don't know whether you realize this or not. And I'll just say it: the kid can throw the ball over the yard, man. He he's he is not your typical Alabama uh, quarterback. Where I mean, he he can make plays with his feet. But he was more known for making plays with his arm. And um, I, Tony, you brought up a great point. And, and John, you know, I, I agree with John to a certain extent. Like, listen, that Dolphins defensive team, let's just say the defensive side of the ball, do you think they want to see Tua play? Uh, I, I would say <laughs> probably not uh, because Fitz keeps them in games and they want to win games. And that's why they play the game, to win them. Um, but to your point, Tony, you want to see Tua because that is your future, and you got to see if the kid can play, and you want to see him have success. So that's why a guy like Fitzpatrick, he understands the game, and he's so humble. I mean, this dude is awesome. What an he awesome is. human. He's raising his arms up because of the success of his understudy, so to speak. That, that to me – is is a genuinely awesome human, right? So hats off to Fitzpatrick. But, John, awesome point. I do agree with that. Tony, great point. I agree with that, too. Uh, selfishly, I want to see the kid play. Um, you're not a Super – Dolphins are not a Super Bowl team. In order to get there, he's got to get cohesive with those weapons, and he has them. They're in place. In my opinion, they're, they're, they're like one or two – pieces away offensively. Um, and I'd love that coach down there. Young guy, I, I think he's an awesome coach. So to your point, are they going to win the Super Bowl with Fitzpatrick? I, I you know the 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 probability of that is no. Tua is that type of player, electric type of player, that you could win the Super Bowl with possibly with with some added parts. I agree. I agree. Mike, what do you think, man? Biggest star in Miami since Dan Marino. First left-handed quarterback to play since 2015, Michael Vick. The kid is the most proficient passer in college football history. Fitzpatrick knew he was a placeholder. It's time to let the kid play. It's exactly what Miami wants. I mean, this kid, Miami needs this uh, type of stability in quarterback. I'm very, very excited to see what he can do. And obviously... I mean, the first thing that we go to is when a team is really doing bad, hey, put the kid in and see what happens. But to go back to Tony's point, why put him in there in the middle of a train wreck? Right now, you got a stable team. 
You know, I've been saying all year that by the time, by the end of this football season, the Dolphins are going to be a team that nobody wants to play. So why not throw to it in there? This is there's no better time than right now. I mean, let's ju- let's just see what's going on. I mean, Fitzpatrick knows he's not going to, you know, he 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 knows what his role is, and yeah, he came out balling because that's what he does. He's a very very streaky quarterback, yep. and because he's winning, he's slinging the ball all around. Everybody's loving it right now, but they know that's not the future. And next week, the guy could throw five picks. That's just the way he is. <laughs> exactly, he's a gunslinger, man. Gunslinger, yeah. I I I completely agree with everything you guys said. I just think coming off of a win going into a bye week this early in the season when you have a chance. Look, I'm not saying do it in a week and a half. If they would have lost this game, I wouldn't have anything to say. I'm just saying one game out. I I hear I get it. And yes, I think he is electric. I want to see what he's going to do. Is he going to be an RG3 in his rookie year? Or is he going to be, you know, we don't know what he's actually going to do. So it'll be interesting. But I, like I said, I think they could have waited one week for a loss or two weeks for a loss and then just had it feel a little better. At uh, least Al for says, me. Al says, I think he knows the offense is blowing him away in practice. And they said, enough, let's get him on the field. And I, that's again, a great that's, point, Al. That's, right. that's an outstanding point. And, and, you're probably nail on the head with that, and and they're like, oh, we we have no choice but to get the kid on the field. I, I mean, hope. Uh, yeah, well, go ahead. What's up, John? No, I I said I hope, and I'm putting in claims for him because I lost that <laughs> and picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm picking up Tua. Speaking about wow. claims, Jenna Jenna wants to know will Mike the Michael Thomas play this week to save my fantasy football season? Uh, listen. I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I know. Yes, he story? will play this week, and he... he will not save your fantasy season. Oh, wow. God, that's not nice. I have him, and that's my mentality. He's got it. He's got the high, the Mike. He's got the, and, uh, the the unbearable high ankle sprain, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. What's the story? Never goes he, away. Never goes that's away. that that's a that's a tough one to come back. So I would say, uh, Jenna. Probably, hey, you might still win your fantasy season. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to contribute to that, though. Oh, no, that she's, been, she's been getting some pretty good trades because she's been sending me some trades that she's been getting. So I think she's doing pretty well. We'll, well. Me and John will be talking about that tomorrow night on the Fantasy Firebox. We'll get into that a little more. Uh, but speaking of, you know, when and, and, and I know Mike came in late, and, and Mike, I'm sorry we didn't get your Eagles point this week, man. Uh, you know what? It's, pro- it's probably best that you didn't yeah. hear that. <laughs> You know, save all you guys the aggravation because but, honestly, but, but I, I don't do even want to talk about early it. game this week on Thursday, right? So, what I will want to say is, we need his yeah, pick. Yeah. What? 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 What's that? Yeah, we, we need, need your pick. Well, number one, we need your pick. We did our picks. Uh, you know, Eagles, Eagles, Giants. Give us a score. What are you thinking? What? What? What are you thinking? This? Can you give us a quick summary too? Uh, we, we, we throw it in before we talk a little Eminem. Okay, um, I don't even know what to think, but I mean, I can get it. I don't even very tough, right? Um, yep. the, the I guess the Eagles have shown that they can play with anybody, oddly enough, and having all these injuries all around. Um, but it is the sort of Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know. You don't know who's going to show up. You know, I do think that the Eagles will beat the. I think they'll beat them, and I think they'll. You know, they'll beat them by a couple of touchdowns. So, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be close. The Giants are just. 
I mean, if we want to say we have problems, the Giants are just really bad. So, you know, I, I, I see something like 28-10. That's not, not even going to be close. That's that's what I think. Uh, Matt, check it in 24-13. Everybody's going to be around saying, like, I was 28-10. You know, Dave, what were you? I forget. 24-21. Yeah. Uh, Jenna was close. She said 17, 14. Uh, I know Al was in the twenties. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think we all can agree that they should win this game. Uh, I'll tell you what, they don't win this game, man. We got some major, major problems. They haven't been able to play. They've been able to play. I mean, they, they, they did put some points up against the Ravens. I mean, they can score. Um, they just have problems everywhere. And I guess as, as they get healthier, as the season goes on and because our divisions complete, crap they could be competitive but for what's the reason like somebody put out a piece this week that i had read and i don't know if it was bleeding green or or what blog that it was on but it said that howie roseman is actively buying like why are you buying going into the trade deadline you should be selling why are you buying anything right now like i i i I don't understand i mean except for the fact that before you got on here i'll ask you this because I said, yeah, I said I'd give up my first round pick today for Julio Jones. I mean, I, I, I uh, Julio Jones. Okay, I understand that, right? Uh, I get right, that. That so changes if, the conversation a little bit. If we're selling, or, I mean, we're buying. I'm buying Julio. That's what I'm doing. Okay, different I mean, story, but that's Julio Jones, and there's right. only one of him. Right. Even exactly. though he's older, it's still Julio Jones. Exactly. So, but no, I agree with but you. He ain't going to do that. Right? He's nah. not going to do that. No, he's not hopefully, gonna. hopefully, Howie's buying a plane ticket out of here. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly, exactly. Yeah, buying a buying a plane ticket to Tahiti. That's right, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Exactly. On, on frontier somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's in the not, back, in the yeah. back. Yeah, he's not, he's not, he, yeah, he don't get on Southwest. No, he goes straight frontier. He gets straight frontier, the right by the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. And bring Where Schwartz with you. Exactly. And bring Schwartz with you. And bring Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know I don't know we have enough time, but I'm actually glad that I missed uh, the first portion of the show because I'm, we probably would have still been talking about that team. Schwartz is Schwartz is going to be Schwartz is going to have to go. He's going to be the scapegoat. Oh, well, right once now. he gives up the negatives of whoever he has in a compromising position, yes. then he'll be fired. Because I still don't know how this guy has a job. Hey, how about the other play? I know we talked about him last week, but then I see Fort on the Ravens too playing well, and I'm another like, player. What what is what is wrong with it? no one else can see this? No, no. One here, here, you want to hear the worst part? We the can. worst part is when you're watching the game, right? So I, you know, I flip back and forth. I red zone. I watch the game, right? So I'm, I'm watching the game, and the, right after the game, I flip on red zone, and you know what the first highlight I see? I see Rasul Douglas <laughs> saving a play. All right, and, and all the, the, the announcers say, "Oh, what Rasul has been unbelievable since he's come here." Thinking like. And I'm like, like, what the hell is going on, man? Everybody who leaves here can play. And, Mike, I, I was talking about you all. Listen, I'm telling you, I, I want to cut the audio, and I still will get it because I, I, I was on three different shows, and I said, I keep playing back to myself what Mike said last week. And, and it, it is, what what if Howie did kind of pick the right guys and we just didn't use them right in our system? Like, it's crazy, but think about it. This is like three or four guys that have left and gone and played well somewhere else. So it it, it is, dude, it's mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. I had a a quick a quick little story. So one of the one of the players that were on the on the Eagles Super Bowl team in 04, um, I had met randomly at a, you know, a friend's house and we were talking and, um, 
he he said to me that um and it was the time and I think maybe maybe it was Patrick Chung that was in the uh was in the secondary and he was just he was just getting lit up like you know uh he's just getting crushed you know he every week was, crushed, he was destroyed right and I remember I was you know obviously I I was complaining and saying that he stinks and he looked at me he's like listen he doesn't. And nobody in the NFL does because in order for them to even get to this level, you have to understand these guys were just balling out on every team that they were on. They are all unbelievable. It's like when you get to the point, there are some superstars that will separate themselves from everybody else, but the playing field is leveled with the scheme and the coaching, right? So you get all these unbelievable athletes, but if they're in the wrong system, and it certainly seems like that they're, you know, just from these four players alone that we're talking about. And it seems like every week another ex Eagle seems to do something unbelievable. You do really have to wonder is it just the scheme? Is Howie making those picks? I mean, Russell Douglas, we laughed at this guy, laughed at him every week, you know, and, and, and maybe we are wrong. I mean, it would be crazy to think, but, you know, Howie still has a job. Maybe very frustrating to try to figure this out. <laughs> You know? It is, man. It really is. And, and again, uh, Al says, I heard Fort was for a comp compensatory pick, which is probably correct. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I want to say one more thing before we get off the Eagles thing, because I, I'll tell you, you know, we, we started, we're going to evolve from the beginning to end here where, you know, I, I said the question, I want to see more Jalen Hurts. Here, Here's my issue with Doug. And I got two issues that I want to talk about. Doug, I forgot to mention. Number one, listen, I want to see Jalen Hurts without Carson Wentz. Okay, stop being a buffoon. You don't put your franchise quarterback out on a block, okay, and run a play to that side, okay, because if you go back, you're just asking for trouble. I'll tell you what, I'm watching that play, and number one, I'm calling Doug a schmuck. And number two, I'm saying because I'm watching a linebacker fall and almost roll over into Carson Wentz and take his leg out. I saw the same thing. Are you an idiot? Seriously. <laughs> if it, like, explain to me. Explain to me something, Mike, John, Dave. If you're the coach, I don't care if you're Bobby Boucher on the other side and you look at the field and you see Jalen Hurts behind center and Carson Wentz lined up as a receiver. Where the ball going? What do you think is going to happen? Like, who are you fooling? Like, does it really matter? Like, seriously, does it matter if you have, you know, Greg Ward or Carson Wentz? Out? Like, who are you fooling? It's ridiculous. So, number one, Doug, stop. You, you, you can't do that, man. You just can't do that. And I am so tired of hearing Doug talk about how, yeah, I should have called a better play. Yeah, I should have done that. Listen, Am I mistaken here? And Dave, you probably the perfect one to answer this because I know you go through this with football. Don't you run through scenarios in practices, two-minute drills, four-minute drills, 30-second drills, you know, first and goal, goal line drills. How do you not prepare to call play? Like, seriously, how are you? You got that biggest Costco menu in front of you, and you don't have a couple plays to call at the goal line at the to win a game. Like, at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't understand it. Like, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just, uh, you know, maybe it's I'm the only one here that sees this. He needs an OC. He needs an OC, bro. He's managing too much. He needs an OC. Right or wrong? Why doesn't he have an offensive coordinator? He's got five, doesn't he? Come on. I'm talking about a designated, I'm the offensive coordinator. I agree, man. Not Morton Wig or that 
reach. I don't even want to talk about that guy. Not him or these offensive assistants. An yeah. offensive coordinator, the Steve, guy that's what, what that's in charge of executing the offense. Where's that guy at? Yeah, where where's he at? He yeah, Peterson. Don't forget, Peterson comes from the Andy Reid school. And to go back to what you said earlier on his press conferences that are laughable, I should have called a better play. You know what I hear? I should have done a better job. Yes. Say, uh, I'm going to read off the template. I'm going to read off the cue card and say whatever I can to get away from the the Eagles press and Les Bowen and and Marcus Hayes and all of and Howard Eskin and all of the amazing sports journalists that love to ask difficult questions that put the Eagles and uh, coaches in, in positions where they cannot answer these questions because they read from cue cards. It's the same boilerplate answer. When he talks, tell me he doesn't remind you of somebody that's just. I just hate to say it, but he just looks stupid. He, he just looks like he's lost. He doesn't know what he's doing, where he is, or what's going on. You know, you know who he reminds me of? And I don't know if any one of you guys, I remember this like it was clockwork. My first job at 16 years old was working for a place called the Inner Search Corporation. I did phone surveys, and I sat in a booth, and there was a freaking cue car on the wall. That said, if the customer says, no, I'm not interested, I read this. Well, ma'am, cookies and crackers are a phenomenal choice. Like, I would read, that's what Doug is doing. It's a kind of teleprompter of responses. Right? It's like, that's what it reminds me of. Maybe that's what's on his play sheet. You know, he's practicing for the press conferences. Look, look, Al says, he said, I ran out of two point plays. How is that possible? Or is he just a moron for telling the truth? That's, I, uh, you know what I mean? That's a good question, though. Maybe he was just being truthful. Maybe he really did. And, and maybe it comes back to, maybe it comes back to, uh, how does, how is that possible? Or you're just not being prepared. Maybe he was just being too truthful. He no, doesn't he remind me of the kind of guy that lies. He looks like it. He doesn't look he like he's lying. His players. He was protecting his players. Yeah. That's why yeah. they, yeah. that's why they're instructed or that's why they take on that Andy Reid mantra of answering the uh, the the press conferences that they have to attend uh per the eagles right they have to go to these and they answer a certain way for that reason they're the bottom line is they're protecting their players that's why so players, they're they're, tra they're trained they're programmed yeah. To, to yeah yeah because they know the philly media will rip them apart you're probably right dave yeah i mean uh that's we know he's well at least we think i think he's not a moron and that's a hilarious answer that I ran out of two point plays. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he was just being honest. Uh, no way, no way. But, but, but if he was honest, you don't that say that, man. Right? You don't you, that, right? Exactly, Tony. If that's any of us, and the, and they got you by the you know Cleones, you're not going to answer that. You're not going to say, "Ah, I screwed up. I only had no. two. No not way. Not at all. I don't know. He just looks lost. The whole organization looks lost. It's I don't know what they're doing. They 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 show brilliance. Um, they obviously have a lot of heart. There's no question about that. Um, they're playing all kinds of injuries everywhere, and they're still managing to put some serious points on the board. As messed up as Carson looks, um, you know he, he played hard. He played gritty. They, they, it's like you don't know you don't know what you're. They, they, you see all this potential, but you don't know what's going to happen every oh, week. Right. It's something different. Mike, you said it. Tony said it. They played hard. They played gritty. That goes back to leadership. Yeah. Coaching. Now, I'm not saying they have excellent coaching all around. You know I hate Schwartz. I said it for the last two years. Yes. But they like their leader. Yeah. That's, when you play hard, not only are you playing for the name on your back of your shirt, but typically your brand, you're playing for the team on the front of your shirt. And that sure. goes to your, your leadership. So – 
I know people – that's why I believe Carson and Doug are the only two safe people when this whole thing unfolds and their time to get rid of things. Yeah. Howie's on the block. I know he's not going anywhere, but he should be. And Schwartz. And, and then the, you're, they're the two guys that are going to be on the chopping block. Russell Douglas keeps playing the way he does. I don't think how he's going to go anywhere because you know what he's going to do. Hey, I drafted all the right players. They just weren't in the right scheme. Who knows what's going on behind closed doors? That guy, exactly that guy's a survivor too. Him and yeah. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll wind up at the same spot. Him yeah. and Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of Fitzpatrick and speaking of people who have style, uh, I'm going to end the show on this. And it just shows every single one of our ages because October 12th, you know, it comes up on the screen that Eminem turns 48 years old. Jeez. And I, I, yeah, exactly. And I don't know about you guys, man, but I mean, I you know, listen. When Eminem came out, and, you know, I, I don't even know what grade I was in. I, I, I'm trying to think. I think the Slim Shady album was, you know, my name is is probably 2001. Was it one, two? I think it's like 98. Or is it 98? Oh, was before that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's somewhere in that. But I just remember saying, "What is this? Like <laughs> this dude, uh, right?" And, and this guy excels into one of the best, if not the best, MC of all time. And you know, from you know his movie Eight Mile. Who uh, listen? I could watch Eight Mile ten times over on replay. You know, I could watch the battles at the end, which were phenomenal. I, I could watch it every day. You know, I, he like, listen. His style was so unique. For able to be a storyteller as a rapper was unbelievable. Uh, you hear the story if you watch the. Uh, I'm trying to think if any of you guys remember it was the the one on HBO. I, it was called Defiant Ones. Oh it yeah, that was that was, right was fantastic. IV, fantastic. Right? Uh, look, see, Al's already, Al's checking it. Well, I'm old as hell. We all old, Al. Crazy. That's what I'm talking about. It's crazy. And I, and, and I do, I want to do a show uh, soon, just straight music. I want to do a show straight. I want to do it. I want to break it in four parts and I want to do like our, our top eight list of each genre of music. That sounds and, great. And, and, and like, just to, to, you know, open it up, get the fan interaction going. But right now you guys and, and Dave, I know that was the first thing you said to me, right? So I want to go to you. I want this is right off the cup. Your top three Eminem songs of all time. What do you get? The top three M songs. What are they? What are you thinking? So lose yourself is my number one. Not afraid is my number two. And the monster featuring Rihanna. Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Rihanna. Rihanna. Thank you. Um, they're my top three. I'll tell you what, man. I, you know, he. You know that that song, you the song from Eight Mile, "Lose Yourself." Just it, it I tell you, man, it just you could play that all day long, man, all day yeah. long. And you know, just 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 the beginning of it, right? Just the beginning of it, and and what it symbolizes, unbelievable. John, what are you talking about? Your three Eminem songs. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, that got to be top three. I mean, so I, I'm I'm gonna go in reverse order. On you know, I I want to wait to unveil number one. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little wrench into it. I'm gonna go purple pills with D12. D12. Yes, I'm going that for number three. I'll go lose yourself number two. And to date myself even more, not the most popular, but still my number one is Berserk. Hmm. The remake of the Billy Squire strong or song The Stroke. <laughs> wow. Number one. Play it, play it when we're done. 
I, I, I was not expecting that, John. Berserk, number one, hands down. Berserk. That's like that's he like dropped a D twelve reference. And yeah, yeah, that was number yeah, three. Twelve reference. And, and those dudes, I'll tell you what, that's the thing about Eminem. Those dudes he just brought with him. Remember? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just all his boys, man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Just dude, we are so old. <laughs> it's not even cool, man. It is not. It's not even cool. Mike, what do you got on M, man? Well, um, I guess the uh, the one that he did with Dre, forget about Dre, which was uh, one of my favorites. So we can, oh, we got yeah. we, we got we got we got to throw that one in there. Uh, the Marshall Mathers LP, uh, he had a track on there that was great. Uh, Criminal, love the beat of that song. Um, that was like you know not one of his um, not one of his songs that he was known for most. But if if you um, mostly known for, but if you dig in and hear that beat, you'll you'll see. And that other one that he did, um, which was uh, su- uh, not it was the Batman and Robin song, but I forget the name of it. Um, but it was Dre and it was Eminem, and it had this just like unbelievable killer beat. So you're you know you're 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 hitting me on the spot right now. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, that's okay. I'll circle back with you. But those three for sure. I, listen, there there is so many, and and I can't remember off the top of my head the the album, but the one album that Eminem had it was like and, and Mike you remember this because me and you talked about this you know I, I still think the 50 cent album get rich or die trying was probably the best album of all time in the sense that you listen to every single track like wow. it wasn't just best like album of all time wow like, like, like I'm, I'm serious I the same thing <laughs> No, well, great well, great out al- great album no i i know what he means you turn yes, it on exactly. and you play it through and yeah, every like, every track is great like right obviously we're gonna but i just mean you know there's very rare that you get a, a you know you get an lp where i just use lp where which shows you how old i am but you've been you, saying album dude i like, know when crazy. is it stop, when's it stop being called an album hey like, i it's nuts, man. It's nuts, but it was from front to back, man. You listen to every single song. Not many albums were like that, and I think the Eminem show, or or I think it might have been the Eminem show or Encore. One of those two were like ridiculous. But for me, I'll go backwards as well. Uh, I love, I love Not Afraid. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, you know, if you listen to it and you hear it, love the way you lie. It's a newer one. But you know, I, I him and Rihanna, just the way they play off each other is amazing. And my all-time favorite Eminem song is Superman. I love Superman. I can listen to that song all day long. The refrain from that song is tremendous. Um, you know, Eminem had some great videos, especially with you know the video where he's got Michael Jackson sitting on a bed with all the little kids, and he's you know because he was coming through that, at the river ranch like it was, he said some crazy stuff, right? And, you know, and when he, remember when he came in and he and he actually had you know what was the the lyric. Uh, sitting next to Carson Daly and Fred, Fred Durst, wondering oh. who she gave head to first. Yeah. Right? It was Britney Spears, no? Britney Spears, right? I remember when he came in the MTV Awards and he was like, went right to Fred yeah. Durst and gave, oh, just crazy. Yeah, he brought the Britney doll too, didn't he? He yes. brought a blow up Britney doll. Yeah, he was crazy, man. <laughs> this dude was nuts, man. Uh, nuts. But I'll tell you what, before we get out and we talk about songs and we're going to talk about this, but just does he have a claim to be the top MC of all time. His Absolutely. older stuff, definitely. His older stuff. His older stuff. His newer stuff's not good. But no, his old, his I'm old, his older saying, stuff, yes. Just saying, in general, 
Like, you know, take everything in, in consideration. It, it, does he have the, you know, does he have the backing to be the number one MC of all time? Because I've heard people say that. I don't put him number one. Well, he's, got I, a, he's probably in the top five. I think he's in the top three. He's probably in, yeah, he's probably in the top three. But you do realize that he is regarded amongst the rap circle as as the gold standard, as yes. probably the best lyricist of all time. Uh, uh, and there's a lot, and there's a lot of really heavyweight MCs that consider him to be the best, right? So, um, but again, using his older stuff as the baseline because as the newer stuff came out. He sort of lost that luster, but he's done yeah. things. He's he's twisted words and 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 told stories in ways that that uh, no other uh, no other rapper has ever done. So it's not just us that think that it's 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 widely regarded in the industry. I but, agree. I mean, no, who, who do you who do you think would even be a rival to him? Nas. Uh, Nas is probably the closest. My, I mean, my I, I listen. My my number one is Jay Z. Um, I, he's my number one MC of all time. So, you know, I, I, w- I would put M at three. I, Nas is a good one. I think Nas in top five, but I got to go Biggie number two. So, I mean, my top three is, is J Biggie and M. So a rival could be Nas a rival could be, you know, you, you could say KRS one could you be say Rock. You could say Rock M. You could say the yep. Wu-Tang clan. You could, there's a lot of, there's, there's tons. You could dedicate a whole show to this, but you know, you notice what we're doing though. We're going all the way back to our era. We're going back to the late eighties, early nineties, which was the golden age of hip hop. That's when all of the different styles were out. I mean, we could sit there and talk about this for hours, but that's where it all originated from. Could you say, let me, let me throw something else at you. Can you say that anybody today could rival anything from back then? So we, so we really are showing our age. Yes. And, and you know what? It's funny when people, <laughs> when it, it, you know, when I say that to people, they're like, ah, you're just so, you're just so asphyxiated on the nineties. And I'm like, nah, man, like, I'm sorry. It, it's, it's such a different style. I mean, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The nineties is every, every genre of music in the nineties was the best. Every genre had their best heyday in the nineties. If you think about it, country, well, except maybe not country. Country, I don't know anything about country. No comment. Right. I can't well, say anything about you, that. You cannot tell me that rock and roll had the best in the nineties. Well, we don't know about that, John. Uh that's John. That's not my no, forte. There is no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It all depends on who you put rock and roll. Listen, bro. I could give you my iPod, and you'd be like, "What is this?" It goes all over the map because in the night, if is Guns N' Roses rock and roll? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They were in the nineties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Aerosmith is rock and roll, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, but they, they weren't. Were they weren't just the nineties. Yeah, but more but, than the nineties. Yeah. No, I understand That's that. But point. when they when they came out with Love in the Elevator, when Janie's Got a Gun, when it came out with Rag, that shit was in the nineties. That was the rival, the new breed of people like Guns and Roses. Right. Yes, Metallica Aer- was huge in the nineties. Aerosmith is not so much nineties rock and roll. Is it? It is like eighties, even dipping into the seventies. I'm sorry. I mean, you could put ACDC in the same thing. ACDC is not nineties rock and roll. I mean, see, they I, just came out with a new album. 
No, I, mean, I, I, I know, but well, I, maybe I should preface it by saying that some of those bands, their best stuff for me seems like it was in the 90s genre, right? Yes, I but mean, when that, I talk rock and roll, I'm talking Creedence, I'm talking ACDC, I'm talking Stones. I don't even know I what mean, uh, you, right, I'm sorry, there's nothing in the rate. 90s. <laughs> We can compete with that. This Me is beyond our pain. Like, I have no idea. What Listen, Al, Al's right on, right on the money. Jay-Z and Big, that's where you start. For me, that's why I wanted to. That's where you start. Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Hova is the number one, in my opinion. He has stood the test of time, and he did exactly the opposite of what Mike said. Eminem left, came back, and wasn't as good. Jay-Z left, came back, and wasn't even as good. It was even freaking better. Okay, oh, so oh, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. You don't think so? No. Ah, oh. I hate no. Yeah, no, what about Big L? Nobody talks about Big L. Everybody Big just L, forget man. about Big L. What about, what about him? Big, you know how many? Do you have? Do you have any idea how many people we are missing right now? We're oh, missing. Oh, I know. I, like we got to get. We got to get a whole show. My, my era goes to like Big Daddy Kane and Eric B. Right. Like them. Yeah, I, that's I love, right. I love those guys. Uh, to me, KRS One and KRS One, I never really liked. Jay Z, I, I know I told you this before, Tony. I I never, for whatever reason, everybody was always on him. I I never really cared for him. Um, Listen, when, ghetto, when, ghetto boys, oh. I'd like. I ghetto boys, I'd like. Uh, you Bush know, with uh, Bill. Um, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Jay Z for me just wasn't just wasn't the guy. I me. thought his old stuff was great. They can't knock the hustle. I don't I think. They, oh. Great, think, great, I classic. Think Biggie, I think Biggie, obviously, way too short in his time, but Biggie was, to me, one of the most talented storytellers um, around. So, I don't know. And Tupac, no, no, Tupac's not even in the conversation? Tupac was one of the best of all time, man. I mean, there's so many that we're missing here. How about Big Pun? Nobody talks about Big Pun. Another great one. Uh, look, Al, Al saying Big L in top five. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you're Mike saying Big L's in the top five, but he. I mean, he's no, 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 no. in the conversation. Yeah, I don't. I don't think not top five, but definitely, definitely in the conversation. So I, I think in order for us to figure out who belongs in you know the top five, the top ten, top fifteen, there's could be a really big list. Yeah. So uh, I just think he should it. be mentioned. I just think that people forget about him. He was we're gonna hit it. Well, you know who people forget that they don't not that they don't forget about, but they don't lump them in to hip hop, which I think is wrong. Is LL. LL. Okay, LL. Right, John. Listen, talk whatever you want about LL, but he stood the test of time. My man was rocking it all from you know from radio to bigger endeavor. Right, and and then remember when he come up with fourteen shots of your dome, where he tried to be like a gangster rapper, and he he's going against cannabis, right? Like, I mean, listen, LL, Mister Smith, that album was tremendous. Mama said, "Knock you out, blew everybody uh, uh, away." Blew, oh, I mean, like, like he doesn't even get the credit. But because, but what are we grading these people on? We're talking about lyricists, and then we're talking about uh, MCs that have stood the test of time that could jump within generations. Like we're talking about MCs that started off. I mean, LL. The first time we saw LL, it was uh, what was that? Uh, what was the show that he that he came on when he pulled out the box and he, you know, um, was it? It wasn't Beach Street, was it? What was it with uh, Run DMC and Rick Rubin? What was, uh, the, what was the name of that show? That was when I, you first saw LL, and yes. nobody knew who he was. And when he signed the Def Jam, and yes, uh, he was like yes. eighteen years old when he was in that movie, and that's what that's what blew him all up. And he's been there, and he's been ma he's managed to stay relevant over decades. So any any hip hop, uh, uh, any hip hop artist, or any rapper that could do that, and 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 he was smart. He did what the Ice T did. 
he knew that hip hop was a form of entertainment and they moved into acting, you know, they moved into making films and they kept their, their name, um, you know, they kept their name relevant. You know, they, they were always involved in different types of projects and they moved outside of music. So, I mean, Ice-T was nasty and people forget about all people Ice forget about Ice-T. Ice-T was, Ice was nasty. What was it? Blood count? What was his uh, <laughs> body count? Body, body count. count. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Body, body count. count. Yeah. But yeah, dude, back in the day, like, would you ever believe that you would see Ice-T and Ice Cube like on TV, like on the primetime time slots, like, oh, like I, Ice Cube and movies and SVU. And then you got LL on the, well, not SVU. What, what show was he on? Yeah. Well, you're like, he had, he had that, that one series called In the House. When he was a oh, uh, that was football. back when I'm, yeah no, he's, he's on a detective CSI. show now isn't he yeah, isn't he on yeah, CSI. Yeah. Miami or something CSI one or yeah CSI. and Ice T's been he's been on Law and Order he's got Law yeah. and Order he's got Law and Order royalties coming for the next two hundred oh. years Ice yeah. T. Ice T. Law and Order SVU and he SVU. used to be a pimp and Ice Cube's <laughs> giving his political uh, speeches on things. Well, I'll tell you what. Ice Cube has had how many career? How, uh, how about of a, a talking about an acting career? He wrote Friday. He wrote all the Fridays. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he starred in so many movies. Oh, he's and, extremely uh, talented. Triple he's, X. He parlayed it from hardcore gangster rap, right? Yeah. That you know the gangster rap that he started, that he wrote, that that went all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, think about all the craziness when you watch the NWA movie, and it sort of brings you back to that whole time period. You know, with the, with the L.A. riots and, you know, the FBI trying to shut them down and the cops showing up at their concerts and trying to after, lock no, them up because the police, man. free speech was being tested. Yeah. It was it was a crazy time, you know, I, but I, Ice Cube made a lot of money. Yes, yes, Listen. Tony. Yes, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Ice Cube, man. Ice Ice Cube. Listen, and Ice Cube was one. You want to talk about MCs and lyricists, man? He was I, nasty. I'll tell you what, man. Nasty, nasty. He was nasty. I mean, that, that dude, that 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 Predator album, that Death Certificate. I mean, the albums that he had were unbelievable, man. He I mean, was, everybody came out of angry. NWA. Yeah, he was angry. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. He was. He was an angry rapper. He was angry. He wrote all of uh, Straight Outta Compton. I oh, mean, he basically wrote all of that. And cool. when he left NWA. And NWA dropped their next album, which was 100 Miles and Running, yep. which was without um, Ice Cube. But it just had. And then the album they dropped after that, that had all those nasty beats by Dre. You can see that there was a, a clear distinction between the lyrics in straight in um, you know, straight out of Compton versus the rest of them. But the beats were all on point. Right. But the lyrics weren't Dre. nearly as good because Ice Cube wrote all of that. Dre. Wanna, I'll tell you, man. Dre. Wow. Dr. Dre. Wow. man. Yeah. Exactly. That's all you got to say. No, it's there. There you go, Tony. I mean, wanna, you want to go? You want to bring it back to the '90s? Think all the producers that came out of the '90s. Yes. Geez, we can do a show just on the producers alone and the music that was made during that time frame. I mean, Dre I, basically listen, laid down the tracks for everybody, right? I, I, yes, I'm in because I absolutely love that. I love I love talking music. I'm a huge music historian. And I I love it. I 100 love it. We did we did a show before about a couple of years ago, and just to see the difference of people's opinions on MCs, on groups, on on genres, on music, it, it, it's tremendous. I mean that the songs are come out and the mcs have come out just awesome are, do you get into any of the newer stuff no no nah, you know because i'll be honest with you you could probably 
you could probably give me a name and I wouldn't even know. Like I'm sitting there watching the billboard awards and they're like, Oh, this person's perf-. I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, right. I, I don't even know. Right. I don't, I, I don't relate to any of it because when I get my, when I get my car, I throw on my Pandora, my Spotify and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the only thing that's on there is my, is my rap R and B list. Right? And my, listen, I'm listening to 100.3, which is 90s R&B. That's what I'm listening to. And that's another thing that we haven't even got into, right? When you talk about all the R&B in 90, right? That they can't, All the groups, man, that was, listen, I know nobody wants to mention his name, but like, I was like R. Kelly, right? You know, R. Kelly, like, got, listen, all those, you know, Blackstreet and Public Announcement, High Five and Jodeci and TLC, tons, 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 Oh, my, guy. I mean, we can sit here. Like, guy, we, nice guy. Right? Nice pull, John. I like that guy. Guy, yes. wow, yes. Teddy Riley. Yes. That's Teddy Riley talking. That's right. That's oh, right. Hey, you you want to get smooth? That's the way to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yo, yo, wait, hold on, real fast before we go. You talk about smooth. What was the uh, the 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 uh, not the quiet storm with Tony? W D A S between the sheets. Between the sheets. Between the sheets. W D A S one hundred five point three. That was it. Between, to call between the sheets. Remember, he used to call up a dedicate songs. You know, uh, dedicate the song to, to, to Jennifer. Um, we, we're on our four month anniversary. Uh, <laughs> Yo, that's we are so old, man. We are so. Yeah, you know what, man? There was something about that time. I was, there was. Just talking about that today. And, uh, you know, that's just feel like that was. Um, it's just. <laughs> It, I think we're in the time talk about music too. <laughs> so I thought Tony would love talking about cars and that. I could talk about music all day. All day. We did. We definitely need to do just a separate show just on this alone, you know, and we can frame it 90s music and we can just yes. cut it all up because yeah, there's just so much to talk about. We should do every genre too, except yeah, country. That's what I'm saying. I don't No country. No way. I'm not talking about that. I mean, you guys nah. can talk about it. I got absolutely nothing to contribute for that genre of music. No, no, no. Randy, Travis, Garth Brooks. No, man? nothing. Zero. <laughs> No, no, no. I've 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 been to a few of the concerts, but I never made it out of the parking lot. The parties are good, but I'm not going in. Yo, there. the new stuff is off the hook, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about Florida Georgia Line, you know, a little uh what what's his name? Not knocking boots. What's his uh <laughs> No. Yeah, no. boots. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh what was uh what was uh the back in the day? Ooh. Boy, I love you so. That was Candyman, candy man. Candyman, candy candy man. Man, that's yeah. right. That had Tone Loke in there, remember? That was in the 90s. Attention, all ladies. That was in the, yeah. <laughs> the, the Candyman is on the prowl. Tone Loke, oh my God. Wait, see, what, what just John Party? That, that's country, ain't it? John Party is country, I think. I only know Shania Twain. Uh, I, yeah, I, uh, uh, Mike didn't hear about that yet. John liked to dance in Shania Twain in the kitchen while he did his his dishes in college. It wasn't so much as dance as it was like after what? I had a, after I you know, <laughs> we had people over at Penn State. It was more of a shimmy, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there was leftover. There was like a leftover keg, and you have all kinds of stuff everywhere, and you got to clean up. Hey, and, to each and, his own. and your head's throbbing yeah. a little bit. I put okay. in a little bit of Shania, man. That's okay, man. It's nothing wrong I with feel that. Like a woman. I, don't <laughs> know. I feel. I play it. I jam out. Oh, That's the only country. I, dude, I got the CD right here. I'll jam out next time. I got to clean. 
<laughs> well, we're going to keep that for another episode because I'm not talking tonight, Twain. But anyway, uh, but now, nah, listen, now nah, it's a good listen. We're going to do this because this is uh, maybe what we'll do is we'll break. We'll, we'll 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 do it through four episodes. So we'll do like the last half of each episode and we'll talk music. So at least for each episode, it gives us something to look forward to because uh, music is a big part of my life. Uh, you know, Al says now you're ta- taking it back. I almost want to tell Jennifer I love her and I'm sorry. He's talking <laughs> up between the sheets. And then, wait, hold on before we go. What was the li- I believe in you and me? Yeah. Remember that, that was the ending song every night on yeah. Between the Sheets, man. Uh see, everybody resonates with music. Music brings it all back, man. I'll tell you. It's phenomenal. But listen, we're going to wrap this up. We went two hours a night because we got into music conversation. I love it. People checked in, checked out. Beautiful thing. We're going to talk more of this in the future. Again, there'll be some more information. We have a contest going on, statementgains.com. It's sponsored by the Heat Ratio Podcast. You will have a chance to win your own customized jersey uh, courtesy of the heat ratio and statement games. All you need to do is register for free. Go on statementgames.com. You'll see right there for Thursday Night Football. Our logo is there. It's a sponsor contest. And you will get a brand new. All you need to do is finish first place. That's it. That's uh, it. Make 10 statements. It's a good deal, man. We'll we'll have all the information on that heat ratio sports, exactly what to do. Everybody will share, but get in because there's only 12 entries into the contest. There's only 12. It's, it's a contest of 12. Uh, if, if you don't get in that one, there's plenty of other ones to get into as well. So, as always, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo at T Cotillo 23, Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon 365, John Coker at PDH John 36, Muggy Goose coming in late at Heat Ratio Sports, episode 132. Stay safe, stay healthy. See you next week. Bye. Peace.